When it comes to training anything, there are four basic components. They're the components we see that the Lord used with his disciples and with us. When it comes to raising and training wise decision-making in the life of your child, it's the same four components, and we're going to talk about those today. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries, and I'm your host, Ruthie J. this week talking about raising a wise decision maker. If you missed previous programs, Monday we talked about why it's so important to raise a good decision maker. It will literally change and impact the rest of their life. Yesterday we talked about the two components necessary for consistently making good decisions, one being knowing where to find your answers, the purpose of your life, and number two is learning the discipline to do the things that I know are actually the wisest Mm. things to do. And a lot of us know the wise things to do. We just don't do them. We know we're not supposed to be incurring debt, and yet the credit card is so easy to take out. It's a piece of plastic. Listen to Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who doesn't listen, stop, or sit with sinners. Basically, that's the Barnes translation. Blessed is the man who doesn't listen to, stop, or sit with sinners. That's King David. Don't you think that King David probably wrote that after Bathsheba? Hmm. He gets up, he walks out on the deck, he looks down there, he knows the wise decision. Come on, man. And yet he calls for her. He clicks on that website called Bathsheba. He just, he's all in there. It's horrible. I want to raise a child who walks away from that. I want to raise a child who, when temptation is coming, and make no bones about it, temptation will come after your child. Mm -hmm. Temptation will come after your child, without a doubt. And so I want to help them know, here's how you find the decision. Then I want to help them have the discipline to make the decision. And then I want to go through the training process. And I do believe there are four E's we find in the Bible for the training process. And I think the first E we see in Christ is he said, after he washed their feet, he said, I came and did this as an example example. And I didn't do the foot washing as an example. He did his life of servanthood as an example. If we really thought the foot washing was an example, we do a foot washing every Sunday. But I think one of the things we see is he set the example for them that they could draw on later. They didn't get it right away. I mean, they were no-shows. They didn't show for the trial. Only one of them apparently showed for the crucifixion. And they didn't show at all for the tomb until the ladies came back. They were no-shows. But afterwards, they got it. And afterwards, they reflected. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, they were able to look back at the example that he set. So that says to me, if I'm going to train the little eyes that are watching me, I need to set an example Mm -hmm. in everything I'm teaching. There's a lot of us already adults that are reaping the benefits or the consequences of our parents' decisions, maybe the financial decisions that they made, even lifestyle, the divorce that they went through or whatnot, all those family decisions, we are reaping the consequences of it, good or bad. And the same is going to apply then to our kids too. What decisions are you making that are going to impact your child, which are a lot of them, and setting that example and really thinking through what's the purpose for my life, what's the purpose for my family, and I have to be on it all the time and not, okay, when you do go to that Bathsheba website, you have have to be conscious of your purpose at that time, because if not, then you'll fall into temptation. Absolutely. I think that our parents, for whatever they did or didn't do, think that has an impact. I don't believe in generational sin because I am a new person in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what I have to do and what all of us had to do is I have to stop blaming and decide, I don't have to do this. I have a father. What my dad did or didn't do, I have a father. And he's giving me the wisdom. It's there. I have to trust it. You know, when it says in Matthew, I think it's chapter six, you heard the Pharisees say you should not commit adultery. I say, if you even look at her with Mm -hmm. lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. And he goes on in that. I think it's Matthew six. And he goes on to say, if you do it, 
pluck your eye out, even your good eye, which is probably pre-glasses. And so, you know, I, I'm not thinking he means go around with with something to pluck your eye out. I, I think he's telling you, this is really serious. Yeah. And so I think you've launched us into a perfect here, for example. As a dad, as a man, do my children see me watching things walk by? What do my children see me looking at walking by me on the street or at church for that matter? Mm-hmm. And do my children see me with the discipline of looking away and choosing not to look? Mm-hmm. Do my children see me saying, hey, that's enough on this television? We're not watching that. Mm -hmm. That's unacceptable in our home. Do they see me setting the example of taking a stand for making a wise decision of what we won't do, as well as setting an example of making wise decisions of what we should do? Mm -hmm. I think it's pivotal. My children will learn from me, and as you alluded to that, how to be married. When Roby said to me, why do we, on the way home from school one day, and we pull into Fresh Market to get some roses, why do we get these, Dad? And he said, because your mom likes them. I said, do you like roses? I said, no, to tell you the truth, they die. And and he <laughs> said, why? again, your mom likes them. Part of being a husband is you do things you don't like to do. Your mom likes them. And so that's why we're getting roses. So mm-hmm. today you have to pick out the color mm-hmm. and just kind of setting the example and teaching him those things. And it's, sometimes it's even the little tiny things that you can't even imagine, you know, that when you're, when you get caught in certain situations oh. and you have to make, and I know it's so stressful for moms. It's one of the most stressful things. It's the unknown. You know, you went to the park, you didn't have cash on you. You have to pay a dollar for everyone in your car and you're in your SUV and you got three cousins in the back. You tell them to duck so you can pay $5 because that's all you have. You sound like you're speaking from you know? experience here. Oh, well, you know, you've been in situations <laughs> and you're like, man, what am I teaching my kids if I'm lying to the oh. guy about how people are in my car and for three dollars right for three dollars so but again it's just those little things and it's not to make anyone feel guilty but it really is those little things that show your kids right in front of their face this is who i am and this is what i believe you know Uh, this is what i really believe regardless of what we read yes uh around the breakfast table the barneses would read a passage you know five or six seven verses that's nice for reading okay we just checked that bad boy off we had devos but now this is the real world uh so kids duck down so we can get in yeah the example we set yeah well (laughs) you know kids are hearing the gospel and it's it's not a matter they need to see the gospel in action and they need to see me be the gospel and how many kids have we seen go off and say i don't you know that's even the stereotype of pastor's kids i know they always told me didn't you ever rebel you know i said no because my dad was the same on stage as if as Uh, he was off stage you paid your dad a great compliment yeah and and the same is with any parent though pastor's kids are not our kids are gonna figure out my parents really do believe in god and the gospel or not you know they say one thing in church and yeah they read the bible we have our devotionals picture perfect family but in real life you know i know what he's doing when he closes the door oh yeah and it's devastating because it says okay church is what you do at church the rest of the real world it's all about me right and watching people who are raising children do not want their children to be materialistic but the parents are materialistic and they can't help but have the next whatever when it's coming out or they need it or they just saw it the example you set is and and this is a visual culture we are in visual culture here and so you read your bible teach your kids the bible but be it do Mm -hmm. it and then here's a real cool thing if you can get this in your mindset it was a lady from 100 years ago named karen mains and listening to karen and david mains used to be called chapel of the air and I remember her talking about sitting on the side of the bed with her kids. And as she would sit there, she would somehow find, you remember what we read? Let me tell you. And every now and then she could say, it came to life today mm. in what I was dealing with. And she would do this thing called her God moment where she, this is how I saw this happen. And when it become, when you work at it and you can, it's a reality to share where it worked or where it didn't work and your kids get it. This is real. So you, you don't just talk this mom. My mom really makes 
decisions like this. Mom, we live in South Florida and all these other women in South Florida, they dress different from you. Mm-hmm. You know, all these other women in South Florida, they're just, they think they're 18. They're showing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, they, the kids would never say that. But it's amazing to me how many moms are concerned about their daughters when they come and see us. And I can't believe the, the mom's dressing like a 14-year-old <laughs> and revealing far more than she ought to be revealing. And she's wondering why her daughter's getting in the back seat with some boy. This what I have here. This is what I got. And this is what I show. And this is what I flaunt. And this yeah. is what I get in the door with. And they miss it. Our example is so pivotal mm-hmm. for our children. And I know some parents are wanting to say, well, how much do you sacrifice? Whatever it takes. You know, it's interesting. When my kids were home, we never had any R-rated videos. It was back during the video time. And uh, it was very, very funny. They went off to college and came. Roby came home his freshman year from college. And he saw, he opened the video starting to be DVD closet. And he found an R-rated video, Air Force One, mm-hmm. where Harrison Ford takes the plane back. And he said, Dad, did you know this is R-rated? And I said, absolutely. And he, and he burst out laughing. He says, I can't believe we have an R-rated in this house. I said, here's the deal. When you were home, I had no R-rated. I have wanted this movie for so long. And so you're gone. You're at college. So whatever. You're done. I'm, I'm done. I'm a big boy. I'm already. a big boy. You're a big boy. Uh, you're out of here now. We both burst out laughing. And we had a long talk at a later point about as a parent, you really do have to sacrifice a lot, don't yeah. you? Yeah, you do. And it's worth it. You can get juiced about sacrificing all the things you're going to put aside that work out. So one of the things you have to do to teach this wise decision-making is set the example in wise decision-making. They're never going to catch what you're not doing. Yeah, this is really good stuff. And I just want to remind those that are listening that if you want to hear this again, share it with a friend. You can find it online at parentingtoday.org. So you said there's four parts to the training process. There are four E's, yes. Four E's. So one is example. And hope we can get through all these by the end well, of the we'll program. Get, we'll, we'll get at least two done today. The second one is exposure to decision making. Mm-hmm. They've got, after I set the example, there have got to be opportunities I can expose them to decision making. Like to, for them to watch you? No, no. Well, together, we make these decisions together. But uh, here's the deal, guys. We can have a bowl of ice cream this afternoon or a bowl of ice cream tonight. Which one do you want? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I mean, you know, we only have one a day. And and, wow, how cool. I mean, here's the other deal. We could have no ice cream. So I'm kind of in on the ice cream and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and we've just come in from whatever. Bowl of ice cream now, bowl of ice cream tonight or a bunch of cookies now, three cookies now, three cookies tonight. And I want to put that in front of them. And you will have that one who always wants it now. And you have that one that's in pain. over. Roby would be in pain over this decision and say, you decide, you decide. I'm not deciding, Mm -hmm. but I am doing what you're doing. These are not like happy-go-lucky moments for parents. I mean, we parents love it when our kids love us and they run and they hug you. But when you have to put them in a position to go through that pain, oh, do I have to... Oh, only one dad or only, you know, they're not these fun moments. But like you said, it's totally worth it. I need to really put them in the hot seat because if they don't know what that hot seat feels like. Think about how hot that seat really is. A bowl of ice cream this afternoon. But how hot is it going to be when they're 17 years old and senior in high school? That's exactly right. Having to make major decisions. The beginning of exposure and the translation, because that what that really begins to be is sex now, sex later. Right. I want that now, willing to wait. Learning delayed gratification is always wiser. Buy that now or save on credit or save and buy it after you've saved. And that's the beginning of process with our children, that we we actually had a jar when they were in elementary school. And it was an old, old antique jar. And I would put money in there on the first and money in there on the 15th. And that was entertainment. And that was whether we bought a pizza out of that, rented a video out of that, did some of those things out of that. And it was their decision. 
and the agony they would go through because Roby would kept trying to tell Tori, if we don't spend the first and put it with the 15th, maybe we could go somewhere. And just watching the pain of all of that. Fighting, though? I mean, oh, they'd be there, arguing. Coming I mean, back. I can hear the fights already. Oh, it was great. Head. It was great because it's practice marriage. Driving back from, from Wednesday night <laughs> service when one of mine would always say, can we go through McDonald's and get a, get a shake? Mm-hmm. And you could hear the other, no, 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 if we do that, we won't be able to get the pizza and the video on Friday night. And watching them. And me saying, you guys have to come to some consensus. I hate that consensus word. You have to come because we're driving past McDonald's and I'm not turning around. And I think it's exposing them slowly to decision making. And, and the other thing, you know, other things like that is exposing them to who we're going to help this Christmas mm-hmm. and watching everybody weigh in. It would be awesome. But it that. is difficult. I mean, you had two kids. When you have more, it's not quite like the whole marriage dynamic. It's like the whole group it's even, working in a corporation dynamic. Well, it's better because it's a team. Yeah. And you have to not let the dominant one dominate. And you have That's to listen. Hard. You mm-hmm. have to listen. And in those particular moments, I would let each one of them state the reason why. Mm-hmm. Tell me the reason why. And I would be, do you remember Jean-Luc Picard on uh, Star yeah. Trek mm-hmm. Next Generation? Mm-hmm. He would bring Worf and everybody in there around the big table. And when they had to make a decision, he was great. He'd get an opinion from everybody and he'd say, that's what we're doing. And he'd point at one of them, what they said, make it be so. And I, I, he let them all share wisdom. Mm-hmm. I would want to teach my children to say why. Why are we doing that? Why would we have that now? That's hard for kids. It's hard for kids, but it's teaching them the process Mm -hmm. and it's teaching them to have the wiser answer. And then you hear the one that says, you know what, Dad, I'm willing to do what Tori wants to do because she really wants to do it. And then we're done. Or the one that says, I don't care. I yep. don't care. He yeah. said, well, you have to give an answer. No, I don't. Well, if you don't care, it. you don't care. Then don't, no vote. I mean, that's your, that's your decision. Then don't complain, right? <laughs> right, right. I think the first thing I have to do is set an example, and I have to remain calm in the decision-making. And it's really awesome at the dinner table when they hear Rosemary and I not agreeing and how we come to consensus on various things. I love that for them. And they see us sacrifice for each other to come to a middle on a decision. But I want to expose them to the decision-making process and how to make the wisest decision. And when they say, we'll postpone the ice cream now or later, and then say, is this cool or what? We've spent the whole evening looking forward to this ice cream. This is awesome way to go. So I want to put my children in a decision-making mode, and we've talked about two of the four. Set the example, expose them to the process. So we'll get to the other two tomorrow on this topic of raising a wise decision-maker here on Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And if you want to find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries, just go online to shfm.org. You can support the ministry, find out about all the things they do, even get a bunch of parenting resources that are there for you to look at and purchase for a donation. That's again online at shfm.org. We love, though, posting up this broadcast online. You can listen to it, share it for free, podcast it, link to it on Facebook. I mean, there's so many options, and it's all online at parentingtoday.org. Even just reading the email every day that takes about a minute and a half will help you every day. So you can sign up for that online at parentingtoday.org. And we hope you'll join us tomorrow for another edition of Parenting Today.